0: Security Excellence Through Education, Corporate Security University. They're coming for your loot and your booty. It's happening all over the place. If you just uh, check out the news. Uh, Ocean's 11, the movie. My God, they were able to do that in data centers as well. They're coming through the louvers, right down. It's happening. So spend a shit ton of money (laughs) in physical security, please. By the way, dinosaurs, they're not vegetarians anymore. They want people. But more specifically, data center people. So spend a lot of money in security because it's needed. All right. <laughs> We're going to talk about a bunch of things, everybody. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. And I'm going to throw it out, you know, one thing, because I did this presentation in Phoenix in a way, uh, but it wasn't good. Any of this, and I wasn't standing, and I actually it was nothing like this at all. And it was just me talking about the industry, but I got a lot of questions afterwards because I am not a cyber security person, not a cyber security talk. So, when I'm talking about these things, it's 100% physical security and bad guys trying to come in through your fence line. Bad people trying to come in to your walls, through your walls, right? Physical security. I promise you, I will talk about internal threats. The healing part of what we do. I'm gonna break that a lot of stuff. We're gonna talk about where physical meets logical at the rats themselves. Where the issues really, really happen one thing I will not do is give you any ideas that the movies that are out there today should ever be used as a risk measurement of how much money you're going to spend in your physical security for your data center. So just pay for me, hopefully we'll have a good time, we'll have fun, and then uh, we'll go from there, right? So here it is. So we're gonna talk about the risk itself. Talk about how we should measure risk in corporate, not how we measure risk in military, law enforcement, and everybody else that comes into our industry. I love them. I used to be a cop myself. However, how they measure risk and how corporations should be measuring risks are totally different. You don't have to follow in and NISPOM every single time. Okay? You have to really be risk-based. We're going to talk about that. I'm gonna give you guys a little bit of history. Hopefully I don't bore you with the history stuff. I own a company called Corporate Security University and I like to do the geeky research stuff. Not that you're geeky, sir, but I know you do research. (laughs) But uh, us in physical security, I mean, me personally, I'm not that studious, but I think it's important for our industry to focus on the real stuff, the real data. So we're gonna do that. I'll tell you a little bit about the history itself and then we are going to talk about the data, and what? The data shows. So, here we go. Gotta go the other way. So I'm Carlos, and uh, I've been in this business since I was about, I don't know, 17 years of age. If anybody here, um, anybody here has ever worked security at a house party when they were like 16, 17? All right, I'm gonna count those years too because, because it was a lot of fun. Uh, by the way, we were not licensed or insured. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I started there. And then uh, for a very long time, I worked for this little company called Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. 21 years, my last role, I was the security manager of Disney's Hollywood Studios. It was a heck of a lot of fun. Security risk, and the security approach, and how we did things were totally different there. Very people heavy. But at the same time, when you deal with bombs and bad guys, it's like a top 10 list. Every single time somebody says, I'm going to blow up something in America, like somehow Walt Disney World shows up on that list, right? Bad guys also don't want to blow up the places where their kids go to and they love so much. At least they're slightly conscious. So we're not number one, we're like number eight, which which is nice, right? But uh, so I started there from there, moved to California. I was that right there for Super Bowl 50. Again, big people stuff. Great stuff, awesome, awesome times there. And then I learned about this thing called data centers. And I was in it. Started with AWS. Anybody here from AWS? Anybody here survived? AWS. Okay. And I, and I know, you, know, you, you worked there, you worked with them as a vendor, and don't cause alarms. Holy shit. But, <laughs> Right, so you have, you have that and I started. The beautiful thing about it is that I knew a little bit about it, because when you have the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World, you also have our old data center that was there. So I did understand the data center business, but it was not my core business at the time, but it helped me get in and out with what a company called Meta. Very important right there. This presentation does not represent the views of Meta. Legal made sure I threw that on there, like for real. Except the presentation looks great, Carlos, but no, 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 you can throw that on there, but You don't want anybody, you know, freaking out. So, there it is. So, that's where i are at. So, we're going to talk about it. You know, I keep on pressing up when it's supposed to be down. I'll figure this out by the end of the day, okay? All right, so how much should we be doing this, right? Every time in the corporate world, if you're doing something where you have to measure risk, and if you're a leader today here and you have a security professional working for you, here's some of the things for you to start thinking about. You ask that security professional, should we mitigate this thing? And you can sit there and try to mitigate everything in the world. Good luck. It's gonna cost you bazillions of dollars. I am Brazilian, so I guess it's Brazilians of dollars. <laughs> So you can't do that, it cannot mitigate everything, right? You have to figure out what you can't mitigate, and what you can't mitigate, Kind of just do your best of what you have. So there's a lot of people in security systems in the industry that can help you mitigate those things, uh, and I'll cover a lot of them. Every single one of them are important, and when I break down some of the criminality that occurs at data centers, you will see where these systems come in, and they're very important. But you cannot mitigate everything. And a funny one that people like to mitigate all the time in the corporate world is um, when it comes to uh, your brand. I want to mitigate any risk to, to my brand. Good luck, good luck. The best way to mitigate risk to your brand, focus on who you hire, focuses on your C-suite, focuses on your vice presidents and directors. Those are the people that can shame the crap out of your brand. That risk is higher then any physical cost me three weeks in the news, three weeks in the news nationally, five weeks in the news regionally, two months in the news locally, right? Or maybe one week internationally. I'll accept those, because I know we'll move on, right? Beauty about the world today is that we forget very quickly. So we just hope that uh, your investors forget quickly as well. you know, that's where it goes. Risk transfer, one of my favorite. Talk about insurance, got a problem, right? You just say, well, insurance will pay for it. Here's a perfect one that we mess up in physical security all the time. I come from a place with heavy merchandising, and we have a merchandise area, you know, a distribution center that has, let's say a million dollars of merchandise. We're insured for $5 million for that building. Ask your security professional, when they come in to work with you, if they understand transfer based on insurance. Because I think what that security professional will do, and I've seen it many a times, 25 years now, 26 years in in this career, not as a bouncer in a a house, by the way. But what I've seen is that you wanna put security systems in everything, and do everything. So you spend $300,000 on security systems, for something that's insured for way more than that right one time we had fifty thousand dollars or so worth of merchandise and we had a one million dollar insurance and the guys are like oh we need access control we need uh camera systems we need this we need that intrusion detection systems and i'm sitting there with my boss going we need insurance yeah. you have insurance yeah. good how much is insurance a month oh a million six hundred bucks a month congratulations you won." Again, I'm gonna talk about how important security systems are for the industry. Okay, and it comes to a point where they are. So I don't wanna knock on all those things. But in the corporate world, you cannot make decisions, security folks, just because of what you feel. You know, it's a little bit qualitative and quantitative at the same time. But if you don't have the data to show these things, or you have a way to risk transfer, even better. Colo providers. Lease providers, right? Any of those places that that we also hold our data in, a lot of that. Risk transfer. Can you transfer all the risk? Absolutely not. But if right now you want better to come in and use your co location and Carlos comes in, of course I'm going to want everything. I'm going to be actually the opposite of what I'm going to be talking about a lot. I want to know your minimum standards you have a minimum standards document? I want to read policy and procedures. You know, intrusion detection systems, access control camera systems. I want to see your camera systems, 30 frames per second, at see 10 megapixels. Ah, I'm gonna want all of those, all right, because I'm the client. But deep inside, Carlos knows, and I'll tell you the history here very, very soon, that the odds of Spider-Man coming in the dark, jumping on top of my rooftop, of my data center, coming down the louvers, going through and finding its way into the data hall to that one specific drive that we all know there's no such thing, right? The odds of that happening from an outside force, physical security once again, right? Outside coming in, doesn't happen. It does not happen. And I will show you here in a little bit how it doesn't happen, but I'm also gonna show how important, again, the security Systems are. All right. So, the beginning of history, the beginning of history is really cool when it comes to security. There's no such thing, right? You can probably imagine military folks with military arms, heavy stuff, and that's no security then. The English were really interesting. They're like, well, we have to protect our money. 1787. Got to protect our money. So, they said, well, Let's create this security body because our military folks gotta be prepared to fight. They can't be no security. So they were first ones to think about the parliament, first one to think about security. They kicked that off, very intelligent folks. Threw that together, right? At about 1785, they finally put up the first money to do studies on security and security needs. Back then, said all the security issues were all by the drunkards. that were walking around town and that was a big thing. So fix that problem, I guess you're good, but but if you've ever dealt with anybody that's a drug addict or uh, somebody that's high on whatever the case may be, it's all opportunity, right? If you have a homeless problem, give them the opportunity, homeless is going to do what they're going to do. God damn, they love copper. Jesus, they eat the crap out of some copper, those people, right? you know? So again, you have to think about that. That's the history back in the days. You're coming to the United States. The United States is an awesome history because you have, you know, the whacking house and the brinks. And Wells Fargo, by the way, was one of the first security guns. The old shotgun rider, you guys ever heard of that, right? You got to move money, you going to have the shotgun rider. That was like the first executive protection person, really, protecting the driver of the Wells Fargo Um Somebody help me out with the old cat carriages? Stagecoach. Stagecoach. And the lost one the stagecoach. All right. So it started there, Right? And then we get some bigger companies later on. Mike and Hunt. Mike and Hunt came in. Great. G4S bought them. Allied University bought them. Allied University was buying everybody. It's like, holy cow. Yeah, if we lose that contract, no problem. We'll just buy that company too. I think that's their method. And how they're running? Good for them. Good for them, right? More business, more money. That's how you run your business. Awesome. Go get it. Make it happen, right? It's good for the industry. It's good for the industry. I'm okay with that. So when you go back, New York Police Department finally decides that hey, we need to create a police department. And the reason for that is because security that was being done in the City of New York City was done by people with money. And what happens is that they became bouncers, not much different than the mafia, going from place to place asking for money. So they were no longer security. They were like hitman for the rich people in New York. So the police department, 1787, decided that, hey, we should create this thing and maybe we can protect folks against that. So kind of that's how it started to work. So the turn, the turn is interesting. We got to go through World War I, that was a little different, so start figuring out, well, these guys came back and they told us the atrocities of war. Man, that's coming right here to the US. We better protect against landmines and bombs and you name it, you know, that they were dealing with. The first uh, first airplanes that were ever put together, right? They came back with that story. So the security industry started to grow. All because of stories that were told of war. World War II comes along. A couple of other small wars in between. World War II comes along in the 40s. They come back once again. There's an influx of security money that goes into the industry. They tell the stories of what happened out in the world when they were fighting wars with other countries. So, that's it. They slowly now start getting into the security industry. Love my military folks, my first book. so you wanna get into corporate security? Specifically sold and geared towards anyone that is transitioning out of the military, law enforcement, federal careers into corporate security. Love them tremendously. The problem is, and let's go back to risk transfer real quick. When you're fighting wars and you work for a military entity of a country, you don't understand what a risk transfer is. Because you can't fight war with insurance, a $1 million insurance. That's not how it works. And in the military world, they give you an operating manual. And they say, here is how you will operate so now it's but this bomb is one of them, the NISP operating manual, if you're on the uh, uh, power side, which I know a lot of you guys are, NERC it, right? That's the manual, you're gonna operate there. I don't care what risk it is in the middle of Altoona, Iowa, when you have a standoff of 100 yards and you have a tremendous fence line. I don't care what the risk is. In Prineville, Oregon, Here's the manual. You will do everything that's on the manual. I don't care how much it costs. You know why I don't care how much it costs? Because the military doesn't care how much it costs. Military doesn't care. If you've seen what we just, no, I'm not gonna talk about that stuff. But I mean, they easily throw away equipment, right? The inventory is tremendously bad. They're not a private corporation. So what happened is they came back from from the war and they started using these different kind of Operating manuals that he had to fulfill corporate security needs. And that's what it became. He started to work on that. In the 60s, 70s, and 80s, moving forward a little bit, 60s, 70s, and 80s, law enforcement got zero money. Everybody hated law enforcement in the hippie days. Anybody learned through the hippie days? I wish I was there. It would have been a, a heck of a lot of fun, man. <laughs> but law enforcement, just like kind of what happened in the past three years, right, lost a little bit of money. Everybody's kind of campaigning against fight the power, kind of stuff. So what happened is that they needed more security companies. Security companies started to grow and they grew. And they grew to fulfill that need. Guess what's happening right now? More security companies are growing because law enforcement cannot fulfill the needs of society today. As a prior cop, it was tough when I was a couple years of cop and I'm telling you, today is even worse. The problem with the security industry is that not every state you have to be certified? Not every state you have to have a license. Not every state you have to go through 40 hours of bombs and bad guys classes. A lot of companies are hiring folks without those licenses, right? So as you're working with these companies, make sure that they're licensed, insured in the state that you are, and they're all you're looking up at their training of the officers and their certifications and making sure that they have all these things. And if you have a security profession that's leading your data center program, make sure they're doing those things, right? And in Nashville, Tennessee, I forgot what a country singer, Dirk Smentley or something club. Six guys beat the crap out of this one guest that was there. Out of the six, four of them were not licensed. Murdered the guy. Stepped on and murdered him. They weren't licensed. Two of them were licensed out of the six, right? And none of them had zero training, zero training on anything physical. So you gotta be careful of those. That's the industry and that's how it came in. So continuing on to present, this September 11th happens. September 11th, atrocious. I was with the Walt Disney Company at the time. I think every single one of us, that were here know exactly where you were that morning. I just woke up, I got a page. Because we used to have pagers back then. Right? we did move on to Alpha Nerico pagers by that time. I was doing undercover work for the Walt Disney Company. So I get a page and I was like, holy shit, let me turn on the TV. There it is. A Couple minutes later, second plane, right? Atrocious. You don't need a movie to portray that. It's still being portrayed till today, you could watch it anywhere. You don't need a movie. So this is what happened to the industry, and there's multiple articles. If anybody's looking for any of the stuff that I'm saying, I have multiple articles that I've been able to pull from American Military University, which is connected to the Congressional um, Library, and um, in a lot of research. So just let me know, and I'll send it to you. But there's plenty of articles that, what happened September 11th was exactly that. Everybody got scared. It was a movie that was and it was real, right? It was real. It's in front of us. It's no longer in a war that was fought in some other country somewhere else. It's right in front of us. So this is what happened. A lot of great security companies got a lot of funding. The government put out a lot of funding as well. A lot of the security, uh, a lot of the companies that needed security folks, they started hiring the amazing military folks and law enforcement that dealt with those things, right? This is where it gets a little weird. In security, whenever something happens, we bring up the level of security. We bring it up. We deal with that incident, we deal with that issue. We're clear, what do we do? Go right back down to normal operating, right? Okay, so September 11th was like gas, gas and leak. We knew when it hit two bucks, the odds are going down, We'd have hit three bucks, we'd have, oh man, uh, you know, we're coming down, no, no, that's where we're staying. What happened was September 11th, that security went up. And there it stayed, with zero data showing, zero data showing that there was ever, ever anything like that that would happen again anytime soon, and to a individual corporation. So what happened? We hired a bunch of these wonderful folks, once again, from the military, I love them all, like I said. But when you come into corporate security, you're not thinking about risk and doing individualized corporate security risk assessments. You know what you know, and that's okay. What you know is this bomb. What you know is nerc What you know are these operating manuals that are easy. All I got to do is ask my buddy hey, send me that. This is going to be our minimum standards. And that's it. And that's where you start using without really thought of the true data or what's going on God, in the middle of Papillion, Nebraska, where we have a data center. I promise you, a September 11th style of risk that means military based operating manuals is not necessary in Papillion, Nebraska. And we have cost the industry millions of dollars because that's what we did. We were lazy and didn't go through the entire risk assessment that corporations go through every day on how to lead their business. Well, we didn't know anything about it. We're not business people, right? So that's what happened. On the consulting side of the world, too, what happened on the consulting side of the world, and it's an interesting one, not just for us, but but from what I've been able to do in my research is that the consulting business is one that probably all of us have used before. The problem with that is that a lot of the people that are consulting for you and your company and for us and for everybody else, the odds are they never spent years doing a job that they're consulting for. Go find a lot of the consulting companies. Most of them, you will find that the odds are that they will hire somebody just to consult slightly on it as a college kid that just graduated, you know, after three years out of college, they're doing all of the paperwork in the back end. Go look it up. Same thing in the security industry. It is hard to find somebody that spent 25, 30 years in the security industry in a corporate side that ain't retired in Florida, where I'm from, hanging out on the beach, not wanting to do nothing else because they're retired and they made lots of money. Because companies still give out stocks these days. Yeah, thank God for that. Right? So, a lot of them are getting as consultants. And I know this because I'm in the industry often. You know, I, I just spoke to a chief of police. Just retired. Chief of police. 32 years as a chief of police. His entire life. Chief of police. Chief, let's get you to corporate. You have some great attributes that I think would be perfect for corporate. Let's get you in there. I'm really excited. Let's, let's figure it out. No, you know, Carlos, I'm going to be a security consultant. I was like, gosh. Oh, <laughs> All right. Great. So let's talk about risk. What's going to be a risk approach? What? Well, when you're consulting for corporations that live by the penny, the return on investments is just everything's so tight. There wasn't a governmental base. Like, you didn't get money from the government and told you to just. Follow this manual. Well, how are you gonna, oh, no, I mean, I don't know. Not to knock any of them. Love them all, like I said, but just be careful. If you're gonna consult with somebody, make sure that they understand corporate, not military or law enforcement. Like, if they're basing all your security on some kind of international treaty, whoo, if they're basing all your policies and actually writing policies, for you and your company, that is akin to a state law, Ooh, you're gonna be in court a whole bunch. Somebody just asked me the other day, hey Carlos, we're writing a use of force policy for our security team. And I said, holy shit, oops. So you're gonna tell your security people that they can kill someone if the use of force gets up to there, that's what you're going to do as a private company. You're going to write them a policy that allows them to do that. I said, please don't, don't do that. There's federal law that states that at any time I may protect myself or the life of another. And I, you don't need your company to be in some kind of a huge liability issue because you decided, as a private company, by the way, to write a policy that states that. All right, well, if this happens, then you can do this, right? Don't do that. At Disney, we had a place called Pleasure Island. Uh, We also have House of Blues in Downtown Disney, if you guys have been there. Now it's Disney's West Side, right? There's only one way that you should ever deal with anybody in any kind of physical manner, and that is to hold them with two hands in between the shoulder and the elbow, and that's it. And if it ever gets there in order to protect yourself and the life of others. Insecurity, that is the only thing that we should use. Anything else, you, the security officer, the company, the, the the security company, the company that hires the security company, you are going to be all liable if they do anything else, especially if you write a policy that says, if they punch me, I can use this tool. if they tackle me, I can use this tool. Don't do that. It's already a federal mandate. You can protect yourself. You're not putting yourself, your company and everybody else is some huge liability. So that's kind of where the present are, that's where we are today. So we're spending millions and millions and millions of dollars and we never focus on corporate risk to make our security decisions. The future? AI. And I'm really excited about uh, the AI stuff that's coming in, machine learning that's coming in. All the companies that are here that are access control based, any companies here that are access camera systems, analytics, Well, you guys are gonna be killing, killing. I'm so excited about what's gonna happen here in the future. LiDAR stuff, right, when we're talking about LiDAR. Man, LiDAR, that's interesting. So there's a lot of great stuff that's gonna be coming out. Less people, less human beings, a lot more security stuff, so it's gonna be great. Here we go. I did a ton of research ton of research, and it, it, it's exhaustive. It's exhaustive, the research that you can do on data center physical security occurrences. It's exhaustive, good luck. I want you, at any time, to prove me wrong. But if you're ever bored throughout the night, I think we're doing some ping pong stuff later on, I'm very excited about that. We're gonna have dinner later on. If you see me around, I want you to spend the entire time on Google or whatever your search engine is. I want you to put data center right next to it. I want you to put any bombs and bad guy word that you would like. And I went through like 50 different words that meant something negative. Good luck finding anything that has occurred in a data center, let me be very clear, from an outside force Coming to you, I'll break, I'll break down again the internal issue very soon. You will find zero. So here it is. Seth Pendlin, AWS 2022, he decides that, well, I'm going to tell everybody that I, I hate the government, and I know that AWS has, uh, has a data center uh, in Virginia. Shit. One? My Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I finally have one data center, and I'm, I'm going to go over there, and I'm going to go over there with a backpack. I'm gonna put it right next to the wall. You know why? Because they don't have any standoff or a fence line. Fence lines are extremely important. You will see that I'm gonna show you what studies say. Fence lines are important, regardless of what you think. Not just because of bombs and bad guys, because of liability. Somebody gets hurt, they have an all time Tripping your property today, because they just happened to be walking down the sidewalk, you're paying for it, all right? Yeah, that's the report. So he decides that I'm gonna tell everybody that I'm gonna bomb this thing. He goes in the chat, well, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna bomb this thing. I hate the government, and the government holds their data AWS. Anybody knows, anybody that's in the business knows that, uh, well, you might as well go to Oregon if you're gonna go find any plow stuff. Good luck, All right? So he's a holler, and we call a holler in our business. Puts it out there. FBI hears about him, does an exchange of goods with them, <coughs> catches the guy at his home in his underwear and his white undershirt tank top, also known as a wife beater. Right? So, he's huh, a That's what he's going to do. He's going to tell everybody that he's going to do these things. You see them all the time. He <coughs> doesn't get to do anything. And by the way, we are involved in the building of data centers here. A backpack with a couple of dynamites. Good luck breaking any of our two feet thick walls and everything else. You might be lucky if you don't concuss your own self <laughs> while doing this kind of stuff. That's one. Another one I found, 2020, Anthony Warner. He hated that AT&T was launching this thing called 5G. Uh oh, 5G. Ah. Steps in Nashville, Tennessee in front of at and Right? and I'm calling this a data center, way. Right? I'm gonna call it a data center because it was very hard to find incidents at data centers. So you have to forgive me. Parks this car right next to a nice explosion, by the way. If you see the video, this guy knew what he was doing. You an explosion. Messed up like 40 different businesses. Guess what happened to at and That place went out of business for a total of 72 hours. Within 72 hours, they got everything back and running. Let's continue on. Up right in between there, which I'm going to talk about the next page, 2018, there was an incident in Uganda. In Uganda, I'll talk about it in the next, the next one. 2008, Berkeley, the CIA hosted cable wireless that's out of London, England. What happened, You had a group over there that just understood that, hey, I've got to make some money out of these things. So let's go put this thing together. By the way, All those so far, Seth Cunningham was gonna go to a place that didn't have a fence line or standoff. Anthony Warner went to a place that didn't have a fence line or standoff. Vodafone, 2011, no fence line, no standoff. The access control was not in place, and they were able to literally climb through the old emergency ladder, walk right in. By the way, only one person working at the data center that night site ops person or fac ops, facilities person. And guess what the one security officer was? Not present for some reason. I wonder how they knew to go up the side and, and how they didn't have to break into that door on the second floor. Inside a threat possibly, I don't know. But same thing with 2006, seven and eight. There was a group out of London. All of those in London, same thing, right? One after the other. I didn't know exactly what they were gonna scale. Again, no fence line, no standoff. Access control is poor. Doors weren't even made to be external doors. So today, if you're gonna buy doors for your data centers, you might wanna make sure you know, that they are for what they're supposed to be. As you can see, this is all that I was able to find. And this is probably eight years of research for me through my other company, Corporate Security University. Good luck finding anything else that comes from the outside world. That's what it is. That truly is it. So, the truth part two. Here it is. Again, I'm trying to save you money. But I want to make sure that you're still secure and doing the right thing. What are your biggest issues? Behavior issues. Door forced open. Door held open. Anti-pass back stuff, APBs, you can run APBs, which I think you should. But fail APBs. Right? Behavioral issues with people holding the door open for everybody else, you know, piggybacking. That's a problem. That's an issue. But guess what? Go find one study that shows, or one incident that shows that a piggyback incident was done by a criminal that came in behind somebody else in order to commit the crime of stealing your data. Physically, it doesn't happen. I'm gonna break down a bunch of other things that are gonna be way more important to you guys. Here's something that calls you a heck of money that you should be thinking about way more before physical security, the maintenance of everything that you have, thermals, water issues. If you don't maintain it properly, you don't keep up with all the things that you need to do, you're failing compliance, you're failing certification, you're failing all those things, that will cost you more money than physical security ever should, if you're not paying attention. The beauty about this is that if you hire the proper security company with well-trained security officers that focus on security of a data center, not security of an office space. They focus on the security of a data center where they should be educating their officers on, on how the hell am I gonna help the maintenance team at a data center? Because we're walking those places all the time. We find, it's true, you can look at any data center, we find more water issues, more thermal issues than any fat ops folks. You know why? There's are walking the floor. We know, I'm that's a red light, that ain't green. Let me call somebody so if you've got a higher security company ask them tell me if they're not talking to you in data center lingo i love sitting through rfps and i'm very lucky to be able to do that because i maintain the budget and and the contractual obligations for our data centers i love sitting in an rfp with a security company a guard force company and they talk to me like if they're trying to sell me their business on a a high-rise office space i was like you need to say anything that i care about How are you going to help me protect my drives at the rack? They're like, oh, we'll save technology. So we have technologies where the guards can go around and and they can tell you where they went at all times. I'm like, do you have technology that's going to allow me to not get any of my drives removed from the rack? So security companies today are trying to get into your data center business, but they're not speaking your data center language on things that you want that's probably not a good fit for you. There's plenty of security companies that do a great job of doing that. Uh, Got one right here with me, by the way. You should talk to them anytime you want, but thanks for filming, you're very nice. So, that's what you want. Accidents, same thing. The funny thing, I I did this the other day, and um, there's a wonderful, wonderful um, cyber security gentleman. They said, well, man, you know, I just don't get He came in about middle, and uh, as my mom used to say, he got on the bus while it was moving, and he definitely lost a lot of the beginning parts. But uh, he said, well, you're telling me there's no physical, nothing, you know? Well, there was a guy one time that came in, and they ran into my fence line at the data center where I was. And I said, oh, great. And then, and then did he proceed to run into your property? and then break in through your access control system, go to his favorite rack, once they got through about three different accesses, and steal the drive No. So, okay, well, it's not a physical issue, right? It's not a physical security issue. By the way, thank God you got a fence. Fences are important, everybody. I'm gonna keep on saying it, because if that guy drove through, right, and I was running over your employees, probably not a good idea. So he said, no, the cops were chasing them. Shit, I could give you a hundred billion stories of drunk people in the middle of the night thinking they're going to like, I don't know, Walmart or some shit, and they just drive right through my fence. You know, right right through the guard shack and the guard to the guard's like oh, another one of these. <laughs> you know. Hey sir, what are you doing? I, I'm gonna go into Walmart, gotta go buy some uh, some beer. It's like, first of all, man, it's four in the morning. I gotta sell you beer, and two, you're at a data center, bud. I go ahead and turn around and go, oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> by the way, is that a suspicious activity? If you would just say that that's a suspicious activity, somebody that's clearly drunk and wanted to go to Walmart and start removing their money out of their pocket because they want to go to Walmart. Oh, no, goddamn, was drunk. A tan and stuff. So you will find plenty of that, by the way. And we had this discussion with the general. Those things happen all the time. You know, or people that make a mistake or something. Or when you try to get access, here's another one all the time. They'll no bash, when they think it's clear, there's go. Right? The person was supposed to be up there at the time they were supposed to be there, had the access to be there at the time they were supposed to be there, had the rights to be there with the NDAs and everything else. That was just a delay by a system. Is that a security? A major security? A double seven story? No. Okay, I'm supposed to be the... So yeah, you're going to find plenty of that. But those are not physical security risks coming from the outside world. All right, deer, have you guys ever seen the deer? The video of the deer breaking into a data center? It's hilarious. On my research, I found it, to check it out. Just put deer, data center, break in. Pretty hilarious. You see the security people trying to run over and trying to run after the deer? That's an intruder, that's an outside, I don't count that one as a big threat. Especially out in the Oregon area. Okay, if you're out there, be careful with the with the deers. Okay. So this is it. This is of the data shows. Let me look at the time real quick. I have seven. seven minutes left. Is that right? seven minutes. Yeah. yeah. Oh seven. Lord Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Hackers. Hackers still your number one problem in data centers. Hackers still your number one problem in data centers. Hackers are still your number one problem in data centers. Hackers are still your number one problem in data centers. They can can get into your facilities equipment, they can get into anything critical infrastructure these days. They're doing a real good job of doing that. The government is doing a good job of doing that. So, if you want to hire somebody for your security department, make sure to have a critical infrastructure certification uh, from Teaks, Texas. Texas A&M. That's a good one because they focus on critical infrastructure security. Packers Actors Mechanical. If you want to save money, Focus on any of the mechanical issues that you have in your data centers. Put more money into that. Put more money to hire somebody that's continuously auditing the auditors. That money is more worth to you in the millions of dollars than physical security is. You know, down to training, assessments, and maintenance, go ahead and lose your socks compliance if you're trading. Sock one, sock two, sock three. PCI DSS. Go ahead and lose that, see what happens. That will cost you more money than any physical security will. So focus on the training, the assessment of your folks. Make sure if there's a safety area, a power, electrical area, that they know that there's certain things they need to do in order to be in there and protect them and do the right things as a company. Because when you go to court later on, they're gonna ask you to pull all the training stuff that they have that you were supposed to provide them and you didn't. That will cost you more money than any physical security stuff. Natural, natural, by the way, this is the order that the data has shown. Natural causes. Ice, yeah, we want it to be cool at data centers. Shit, too much ice. Ooh, scary. Because power grids go out, right? Ice, hurricanes, you know, pick a natural issue that can come across in your data center. I mean, we used uh, to have a data center right in the Hayward fault line. Like, it went right through the middle of our data center in California. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, we're really worried about active shooters. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I told my boss, I said, boss, am I worry about active shooters all day? I'm worried about this fault line that I hang out here every day on, and I am from Florida. I'm with <laughs> hurricanes, earthquakes, nah. Not my thing. That's more of a problem than an active shooter. By the way, go how many companies are in the world today, i just bring it down to the United States, and figure out the percentage, the odds, that you will be hit with an active shooter. It is so ridiculously low, I think it was at least seven zeros after the period. It's period seven 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 seven, seven zero 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 zero. good luck. Yes, should you think about it, Absolutely, we should be a thought anymore. Man made, here it is. At the wrap. At the wrap. Right? That's where it's at. Hire the right people. Do backgrounds on third party vendors. Be on top of them. Make sure they're following every procedure, policy, and everything that you have in place. Right? That's why I love like naval military folks in there. Great right for our data center industry. Because it's like, one, you will do this, and they will literally go. Two, I will do that. I wish everybody operated a data center just like that. So at the rack, huge issue. We talk about the $10 million drive forever and ever and ever, right? IP goes back to this thing that was connected to you and focus on that, sabotage, sabotage. Again, going back to power, electrical, all the stuff that we have, water issues. An employee don't like something, they'll go into sabotage. Right? So, man-made stuff. Again, not active shooter. But you know what's under there? Workplace violence. And workplace violence could be anything from the words I speak and say down to physical, right? That's a thing. So if you today you don't have a workplace wellness program or a training module or something like that, you might want to focus on that. Construction, here we are. Construction world of data centers. We have more problems in our industry at the construction level than any time while we're operating our full data centers. And the reason for that is because of the people that are in that industry. It is what it is. I don't sugarcoat or fluff anything, but there's a lot of folks in that industry that probably should not be working at your site. It's a heavy heavy gun usage. I'm from Florida. I got plenty of guns that the state of California don't even know that I have in my house. I'm a big fan of that. But there's plenty of that, plenty of psychological issues in the construction industry. Plenty of union issues, so you will have union problems. If you haven't had it yet, you're definitely gonna have it, right? How many of you guys have ever, like, bomb threats at a construction site? Okay. The amount of money that it takes to do a safety stoppage, for us, at least $1.2 million a day. I don't know about you guys, that's more of a risk threat for your business the physical security. When something happens at one of our construction sites, they don't say so and so company. What do they say? At the Meta site. And we don't even have ownership of that site yet. That's a good point. That's a great. One. Right? One of our biggest issues are right here. And if you can work through that, uh, you guys have a great product of measuring people, companies that come in into your data center, I love what you're doing, continue doing what you're doing. All those companies should be measured by a score of risk because that is big. Last one, competing interests. Anybody ever try to open a data center in a place and the community just says no? And then you're like, oh shit, man, I didn't damn latency. How am I gonna work that out? Well, other companies that wanna come in and have the same power that you want. Other companies that are willing to pay more on the back end to get what you want. That is bigger than an external physical security issue. And I'm going to end it here. Talk about risk history data. Spending monopoly money is like a game of chance. While spending data center of physical security money must be a calculated risk, managed carefully and based on data, not Hollywood movie fantasy. There it is, everybody. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Security excellence through education. Corporate Security University.